Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. I think it's very loud, the mic. How, do you, how are you doing today? Are you, are you good? Nice to see you in church. Uh, nice to see you all here. If there is anybody else in the calf, please make your way through. And um, yeah, today Rob is not here, but we've got some other wonderful musicians with us. So shall we give a round of applause to them? We are going to worship God together. We are going to praise his name together. God has prepared something for us. And I just want to read, you know, one verse is that if you got your Bible app, it's probably the one that came up this morning on your app. Um, so it's um, in his Isaiah 51, 55 verse 11. It says, my word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. This is a wonderful assurance for us that whenever God speaks something to our life and as we come together on a Sunday in church to uh, worship the name of God and we prepare our hearts to hear from Him, it is a wonderful assurance to know that whatever comes out from the mouth of God, the Word of God in your life, in your situation, in your circumstances, is not going to come back empty. Uh, it says, we'll uh, achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And this was God, you know, saying this in His words, it's not me. So God's Word will achieve the purpose um, that um, the reason why he, he's sending it to you today. So why don't we all stand and just uh, we can open this service in prayer. Um, and um, uh, as always, I want to invite you uh, to leave your, your situations behind. Um, whatever uh, circumstances you are in, it may be a good moment in your life, a joyful moment, or maybe you're going through a, a hard time. Uh, but as we are gathering here to, to, to today, let's focus ourselves on God. Uh, dear God, we thank you uh, because your word is wonderful. Thank you because you, uh, you remind us that your word is not going to come back empty. You, there is always a purpose. There is always uh, something that you want to achieve when you, when you send your word out. So I just want to pray, Lord God, for this morning. You know our hearts. You know our mind. You know that the week that we are living behind and the week that we are, is coming ahead, Lord God. We just pray for your presence in our life, for your strength and peace, Lord God. Uh, you know where we come from. You know that if there is any burden in our life, would you take that away this morning? Holy Spirit, we pray that you will minister among us, Lord God. And we want to pray as well for the war that is happening between Israel and Gaza, Lord God. For the people that are suffering and dying there, Lord God. And we don't want to forget about Russia and Ukraine, Lord God. And other places in the world where people are just innocent people are dying because of um, situations that are bigger than them themselves, Lord God. We just want to pray that you will intervene, Lord, in this situation, specifically for your church, that you will give them strength uh, to, uh, to endure and wisdom, Lord, on the things that needs to be done, Lord God. For the people who are taking decisions, Lord God, would you give them wisdom, Lord, uh, on what to do, Lord, in such a delicate situation. We just want to pray. We pray, Lord God, and, and, and we present uh, to you this service this morning. Speak to us, God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in Hebrews 13, verse 8, we read that Jesus Christ is the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. And I just really want to invite you to challenge you to never forget that. In uh, Jesus Christ, the same Jesus who came, who died on the cross, who was resurrected, the Spirit of Christ, you know, is, is, hasn't changed. He is still the same yesterday like it is today and, and like it's going to be forever. So do not be worried. Do not be, uh, do not hold back, but allow Jesus to, uh, to touch your life. Allow Jesus to, uh, to transform your life. Would you trust Jesus today? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing is impossible to Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, guys. Yeah, we are. It's all a learning process, you know, uh, also for us, you know, you're trying new things, so you forgive us for the glitches, but the glitches are always there, right? Uh, but, you know, uh, the important thing is that, you know, we are, um, that you had, you know, that uh, heart that has received something from God today, yeah? We don't stop to look at the, you know, glitches and things, or, but we want to just open our hearts uh, to Him. So thank you so much, guys, for doing that. Um, now... Uh, there was a testimony, but I don't see the person here. So I'll just move to the notices. I know, Val, you want to say something. Yeah, I'll just mention um, about um, the Bible course. Um, I'm not going to be here this coming week because me and Anna, we, um, sorry, um, the following week, uh, me and Anna will be in Germany. So we're going to have a one-week break. Um, but for this week, it's still on, on Wednesday. Uh, so if you want to come along, uh, we don't have booklets uh, anymore, but if you haven't got yours, we can order some new booklets uh, for you. But just come along. We're having a good time, I think. It's a really good uh, course. Uh, we are ready to what will be the third session this week. Um, and if you miss the first two or one of the first two, you can ask me for the videos and I will be able uh, to give them uh, to you. As well, before giving uh, the microphone to, um, to Val, I just wanted to invite you to, uh, yeah, to pray for what's going on in Israel. I don't want to enter into politics now, who is right, who is wrong. Um, you know, this is a conflict that it didn't start in 1947 when, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying this conflict started in 1947 when the nation of Israel came back to the map. It started long, a long, long time before that. It started at the, you know, you know, go back to Old Testament time. Um, and uh, so it's like, it's a bit pointless really to enter into who is right, is wrong. But I think as a children of God, uh, we need to pray for the nation of Israel um, you know, we don't believe in replacement theology, which is basically that belief that the church has taken the place of, 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 of Israel. Um, there is still a purpose in the nation of Israel, especially when we're uh, as the end time, you know, when the God is going to, Jesus is going to come back for the second time. And the years of tribulation, that's going to be everything mainly about the nation of Israel. So there is, God has still a purpose for Israel. And, and we as children of God, we are called to pray for this situation. Um, I was yesterday in touch with Stefano. Many of you know Stefano. He, was, uh, he used to work at the IBTI, the Bible College. He was one of the um, um, staff members there. And uh, a couple of years ago, he went to Jerusalem to study, and he got involved with the churches. He's still there in Jerusalem. 
and um, studying um, uh, Hebrew language, but as well, he's very much involved with the, with the churches there, and especially he looks after the young adults, and he was uh, saying that uh, 10, of, 10 of these young adults in his group are, have been sent to the front to fight. Uh, so uh, the, as a church, they are supporting you know, them, um, uh, their soldiers and everything, and there is a lot of desperation. Uh, there is a lot of... Um, um, uh, fear in the hearts of people. Um, he also was saying that this is not something that is something unprecedented. What is happening there? Uh, we know that always we hear of, of uh, rumors of you know wars coming from there in the past years, uh, but nothing uh, like what's going on now is something unprecedented. Uh, never happened in the history of the nation of Israel, and the war that is going to come is actually ready. Raging is something that never happened before, and he was asking to pray uh, because the people are concerned about about this. Uh, so let's remember the people of Israel in our prayer, but in general, the people who are dying there, either side, you know, the innocent people who are you know losing their life uh, because of, of 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 this war. There is always a lot of suffering in the war. Um, so Val, yes, if you want to come, I'll give you the mic. Well, ladies, who knows what's happening on Saturday? Yay! So I just want to remind you that it is actually an outreach. We do some fantastic outreaches at this church, and they're getting more and more quality and sophisticated, which is lovely. But, you know, behind it all is the Holy Spirit, which we, you know, unless the Holy Spirit fills it, we're not going to get anywhere. But Saturday... We want to make it a beautiful event, and you've heard all this stuff, but anyway, I just want to remind you today, because I'm chasing people with um, cake stands, and um, so if you haven't already bought your cake stand, if you could possibly speak to me afterwards, um, because we want to make the tables look lovely and beautiful. We've got people from outside coming. Um, I just want to encourage you, if, you are, if you've asked, each lady was given one invitation. Now, if your lady isn't going to come, can you please let me know, um, or Anna know, so that we've got a rough idea of numbers. But, but do you know what? I asked a lady, and she couldn't make it, you know, legitimate reasons. So I asked another lady, and she's coming with her mother-in-law, which is great. Um, so basically, um, what I'm trying to say is, if one door shuts, open another. It's really important that we bring people to this event, because there's going to be a, a wonderful, devotional, um, inspirational speaker but it's also going to be fun, it's going to be lovely um, crafts and various things going on, which is something, it's for us ladies, it's a treat. So let's make the effort, please, if you haven't already asked somebody, to try and get someone to come. I've got, still got some leaflets here that Anna's given me, so if you haven't, if you haven't got a leaflet or if, you haven't, if you've lost yours or someone said no to you and you've put it away somewhere, come and get another one and do your best to invite somebody. Um, yeah, and so also on the Saturday, next Saturday, um, if you are bringing food, and I've asked most of you to bring something, can you please be prompt? We start at two, and obviously Tina and myself and various other people are going to be preparing the food. So um, obviously we need to get it there as soon as possible, so we're not doing it all the way through the session. Okay, thank you. Yeah, teapots. Um, if you've got a teapot, 
a nice teapot. Um, could you bring it as well? Because we're trying to have, so we have tea on the table rather than just from the urn. Um, yeah, so if you've got a teapot, can you see me afterwards, um, please? Thank you. Someone's putting their hand up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, if you, if you want to know more about this, why don't you approach the lady at the end of the service, ask all the questions about the teapot, and she will be able to tell you more details about this. I've got also, uh, what is Anne? You wanted to share something. Uh, Anne? Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Good morning, lovely church family. Um, I'm trying to do, organize uh, some collections of, you know the pill containers you have? I've got some samples, empty ones. I think you all just throw them away and we're trying to raise money for cancer. So if you could bring them here on a Sunday, I will pick them up with two other people who are doing it as well. So I thought I would ask everyone if they would help. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, another couple of things. Uh, as we are speaking about events and outreaches, I would like to remind you the bonfire night coming up Saturday, the 4th of November. I know that a number of you is already involved with that. Um, and, uh, you know, let's pray for that event. Last year, I think we had so many people coming out. Um, we want to be ready to receive them also this year and to, and to put together a good event for our lovely community here in Brandon. Uh, so do come along. Um, if you can help, that would be uh, helpful. Uh, if you can give a hand. This, the only reason why we can do these things is because people come together and take their own bit. Uh, so if you can, I know that some of you cannot and it's fine with that. But if you do have time, um, just, you know, uh, please make yourself available. So the, we are going to start the event half past five. Um, I'm going to approach you or write to you privately in the, in the next few days. Of course, the people who will be working here, you know, will come uh, a bit earlier um, to, to make sure that everything is prepared. So that's Saturday, the 4th of November. There will be some leaflets available in the CAF at the end of the service. Um, that you can give out to your friends and neighbors if you want to invite them. Um, so please uh, do so. Uh, also remind people that it's going to be a walk-in event. So the car park is going to be available only to uh, blue badge holders. Um, but we invite the people to walk here if they can. If they drive here, um, there are a couple of near the train station. They can park their cars along, uh, along the Fangate Drove. Um, but if it is one of your friends or family that is coming with a car, just remind them to be uh, considerate of their neighbors around us so not to park their cars in front of their drives or, or other things like that. Um, and as well, I want to um, announce, announce the first ever Christmas fair. Well, at least, you know, I've been here seven years. I don't know if uh, in the past, you know, you, you had one at the church. But uh, Lynn is organizing uh, for, for Saturday the 9th of December. 
uh, a Christmas fair here. Uh, we're going to have plenty of uh, people, uh, not from the church, from, from out there, coming with their stalls and, and selling different uh, Christmas crafts, gift ideas, and we're going to invite the community. We're going to open the calf. Um, so you can put that in, the, in your diet as well, uh, Saturday the 9th of December, uh, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. If you want to have more information, if you want to get involved, you can speak to Lynn. Why don't you stand up, Lynn? So I know everybody knows Lynn, but you know, just for the new people. Yeah. <laughs> Go and see Lynn for any questions or, as I said, if you want to get involved. Now, kids, you can go. Uh, we are going to collect our offering. You can give by cashier or, I believe, by card, if we can prepare the card machine at the back. I was going to say happy frosty morning, but it's really nice and warm in here. I don't know about you, but I feel really nice and warm. Okay, so just going to give the people another couple of minutes to come back. Brilliant. Okay. Or maybe, Paul, do you mind? Could you just shut the... The doors for us, please. Thank you very, very much. Okay. Um, I love to bring something visual with me when I speak, just because I believe something visual really, really helps you to remember the message. So when I heard the first song this morning, when you come in empty, it said, he's going to fill your cup. Now look what I got this morning. I got cups. I mean, how cool is that? I didn't know that the worship team is going to sing that song. But I got a lot of cups this morning, so we're going to come to the cups in a minute just to help demonstrate my message this morning. But my topic this morning is enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. My dad um, used to go fishing many, many years ago. He's given it up now, but he used to have one of those really old-fashioned tents, not the pop-up tent. Like now you can go in Aldi whenever they're doing the office. You can buy a pop-up tent. It wasn't one like that. It was one where you had a structure, right? You had a structure. Mo is going, yeah, remember one of those? And you would have what they would call a curtain, right? You put, place the fabric on the structure, and then you needed the cords. The cords would help, would hold the structure together, and then you had the stakes that went into the ground. And my dad had this really thick, big hammer, and he would go like that and, and make sure he secures it. So I'm going to speak about one of those tents today, those old-fashioned tents, okay? And why do I want to speak in about enlarging the place of your tent? Um, I'm not going to encourage you to buy a tent and then make it bigger and enlarge it, but I want to speak about something really important in our Christian life, and it's about your spiritual capacity, right? It's about how much you as a Christian, how much can you hold, right? This is where, I, what, where the cups are going to come in. They're going to help us in a minute to measure capacity, how much can a cup hold, okay? Now, um, this summer, Sam and I, um, we had a friend um, come over from Italy and stay with us, a 16-year-old girl, Julia. She stayed with us for roughly three weeks, and she was absolutely wonderful. We, we, at the end, we offered to adopt her, but she decided to go back home, you know, what a shame. But she was just wonderful, and her biggest dream when she came over was to go and see London. So we bought 
the tickets and went down to London on a Saturday and literally spent the whole day walking. And Josh was like, oh, mom, I can't do this anymore. And um, towards the evening, we said, look, we've got like a roughly an hour left. Let's go to Covent Garden. Let's take the tube. Right. So we... Um, we arrive at Covent Garden and there are all those shops and you just walk and walk and walk and shops and shops and shops. Um, and then at one point I go, oh, look, there is a caffinero. Who knows caffinero? Good Italian coffee, you know, not making publicity or anything. But I go, I go to Sam, Sam, caffinero, let's pop in. Let's get a good coffee, you know, before we then leave and take the trade back. So we walk in into this coffee shop. It was a tiny, tiny coffee shop, probably only f four or five tables, no queue. And so I go to, I, I say to Sam, Sam, do you want to order first? And he's like, I can see he's overwhelmed with the information, you know, of all the different coffees. He goes, no, no, you order. So we all ordered and he's still looking. And, and then he goes, can I please have an iced coffee? It was a hot day. So he goes for an iced coffee. And then the lady who was serving him, he picks up two cups. They were paper cups, you know, recy recyclable. Is that an English word? And so she, go she goes, um, you know, she, she looks at him and she goes, would you like to go large? Right? And that made me think. Sam probably didn't really pay attention. And he goes, of course, I'd like to go large. You know, good coffee. Um, and so he goes large, but that question stayed with me. And I thought, oh, would you like to go large? That's quite, that's quite a question, isn't it? And I want to put this into context. I want to give you the reason why I'm speaking about this today. It's because roughly, I've tried to work it out, Jenny, roughly five or six weeks ago, we started an intercession group on a Monday um, evening, and we are specifically praying for two things. Um, and those two things are the church. We're praying for the church and we're praying for the community of Brandon. So if you've got a heart to pray for those two things, do come along. And on the very first meeting, Jenny came prepared. Jenny always comes prepared. If you know Jenny, she came with a printout. Do you remember it, Val? She came with printout of all the prophecies that have been spoken over this church. Right? And she's, she's written them down and they are all there on paper. And one of the first prophecies on that note was about capacity, that we as a church are called to enlarge our capacity. And when the blessing of the Lord comes, the question is, are we going to be able to contain it? You know, I could ask somebody to go out into the kitchen and bring me a jug of water and then just pick up the smallest cup that I have. This is Sam's espresso cup every morning, you know. And I could pour water into it all day. It's literally standing all day trying to pour water in, into it. This cup is not going to be able to hold it. Right? So if God was about to give you the blessing that you're praying for in your life, is your life actually going to be able to receive it and to hold it? This is my message this morning. Okay, we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 54. Okay, just to give you a little bit of a context to the book of Isaiah. I don't know how often you read it, but it's not the easiest book to read, is it? It's, um, it's quite tricky because it's got different stages of history and it's got a, a huge portion of the Messiah in it. So you've got the people of Israel who have sinned 
who have disobeyed, forsaken the Lord. And God says, wow, this has made me really angry. I'm going to send you into captivity, into exile for 70 years. And then at that breaking point of the book of Isaiah, there is that chapter 53 about the Messiah. I mean, Messiah appears throughout Isaiah, but the chapter 53 is crucial. It tells you who the Messiah is going to be. He's going to be the Savior. Why is he going to come? Because we're all like scattered sheep. What is he going to do? He's going to bring us salvation and die on the cross. And then we're going to read the chapter after chapter 53, where the Bible tells us the Messiah is going to come. Now, chapter 54 starts with the following verse. So that's 54 verse 1. Oh, excuse me. Let me just find it. This is what it says. Sing, O barren woman, or, or you could say a childless woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Now, you might read this and you might go, I don't really, not really quite sure what you're trying to say with this. Okay, but the context of this Bible verse is the following. The people of Israel are in captivity. They left Zion. They left Jerusalem. Remember when Eliana spoke a couple of weeks ago when she spoke about the wall, the, the city wall. Um, you know, that's when the Jews left. The city wall has been broken down. And here, um, Israel is referred to as a childless woman, as an unfaithful wife, if you carry on reading, okay, Israel is described as the one who has forsaken God, who is pictured as her husband. Now, back then, it was a great shame to be childless, not just because of the social stigma, but also because your children were your insurance. They were the ones who looked after you when you were elderly. There was no such thing as a care home. There was no such thing as a medical insurance or NHS. No, if you haven't got children... You, ritually, you were in trouble. Okay, so Israel left the husband, unfaithful, childless woman. This is the picture we get here. And as we're going to read on, there is a message of hope. Because God says, in my grace, I'm going to give a childless woman many children. Okay, and um, Israel was in sorrow for some time, but now restoration is going to come. So this is a little bit the context, okay? I just I thought it would be important to understand the context before we come to our tent. Now, let's go to verse number two, and this is where it gets really interesting. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Right? It kind of goes to, through the components of a tent and tells you what to do with them. Okay, let's look at this enlarging the place of your tent. Now, practically and historically, when the Bible says enlarge the place of your tents, it basically speaks about the fact that a large nation that has been reduced down to a very small number is going to come back out of the exile into Zion and is going to increase in numbers again. Okay? This is what the prophecy is about. Now, spiritually, 
the prophecy is about something really sad. It basically tells you that um, Jerusalem, that was meant to be a city, has become a tent. Right? In other words, this is what, what this reads. A people of God that was meant to be a city has become a tent. Okay? Now, this is a, is a, a little self-assessment question for us this morning. In your spiritual capacity, right? Are you a city or are you a tent? If you forget everything I say this morning, I want you to walk away with this question. Not in my outside capacity, but in my spiritual capacity. Am I a city or am I a tent? Okay, now this building has got a huge capacity. It's really big. Ken and Val have chosen really well when they got it, right? Huge capacity. But it's not just about the external. It's about the internal. Now, the characteristics of a tent are many. There is the limitation of space, right? The most of you wouldn't even be able to stand up in a tent. I would, probably. <laughs> but you, the most of you probably would feel a bit, oh, I can't stand. You know, um, stand up in this place is too, it's too narrow. Um, very often, a tent represents poverty, vulnerability to enemies, to the cold weather, to the rain, to the wind. No stability. It can be quite shaky, you know. Um, Jip and Star has just been to... Um, to Zimbabwe, South Africa, and there's this one point where Star sends me a video. Jip, you might not know this, uh, but Star sends me a video, and she goes, Anna, can you please pray? Can you please pray? There is such a strong wind, and our church, their church back home, is a tent, and it's getting blown away. So in the video, press on play, and you can see Jip as the leader in the first line, and then all the other lads, they are standing there and they're holding on this tent. They are holding on to the court because a tent is not as stable as a city, right? Now, the characteristics of a city, you've got spacious, you've got prosperous, protected. You've got strong, powerful, and limitless. You know, what a difference. What a difference. Now, let me come to my cups. You know, it's just this morning I realized we've got no matching cups the only two matching cups that we got are these. I got another one of those. Giuseppe and Tina got them for us. Do you remember them? These are the only two matching cups. All the other ones are mix and match. Okay, so depending on what drink you feel like in the morning, you can select a different volume of cup. Okay, now let me just do this exercise and put them all in a row. Can you see that all of them have got a different capacity? when it comes to holding something in them. Can you see that? Now, each one of us, you might not know this, but you and I have got a capacity, a spiritual capacity within us that allows us to receive and to hold. Okay? There is no physical tool to measure it. We've got tools to measure the weight. You've got tools to measure the height. You've got tools to measure your white and red Blood cell, uh, blood cell count, right? A lot of tools, but you can't measure. There's no tool. What a shame. You can't measure your inside spiritual capacity. And yet, sometimes, even with our human eye, you can see the different capacity that people have. Especially when the heat goes up, 
And people go through difficult moments. I don't know if you've ever paid attention. When the heat goes up and you go through trouble, some people crumble. They start doubting. They start feeling depressed. They start throwing the towel. They start kicking. You know, why is that? It's because there is hardly any capacity, right? And then you get to another person, and something happens in their lives, and they're like, that's all right. I trust the Lord. I'm not going to get depressed over this. You know, you can probably think of people in your life. Now, when I think about people on this end, I always think about Pam and Tony. You know, sorry to point you out. But just look at Pam right now. Pam, will you hold up what you're holding in your hand? Now, this is something to help Pam see. Now, Pam is really, really restricted in her moment, in her movement and in her sight. And she's not 20 anymore. She's 25, you know, 25. But nothing is going to stop that couple. I mean, this is probably not going to describe the spiritual capacity. You would probably need to go more towards something like this to describe this. And why is this? Because, you know, whatever life is going to bring and throw at them, there seems to be no bottom to that capacity. Okay, now let me just ask, let me just give you the definition of capacity. This is what um, one of the dictionaries will tell you. The ability to receive or contain. So it's not just the ability to receive, uh, sorry, not just the ability to contain, but the ability to receive as well. Sometimes we ask, 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 God, God, God. Give me this and give, give me patience. Give me this and give me, and then God is ready to give. But if you haven't got that internal capacity, it's going to get wasted. That blessing is going to get wasted. Another point is the maximum amount or number that can be received or contained. Now, we read the Bible with the kids the other night, and we came across the Christmas story. I know it's not Christmas story, but because it was the next story in the book, we read it. So you go through the Christmas story, and there is this, this portion about the innkeeper, where the innkeeper you know, there's that picture. He sticks out his nose and says, no, we've got no capacity. And Jane goes, who is an in what does an innkeeper do? So you kind of explain. But that's what happens with an inn or with a hotel. Once the capacity is full, even if you turn up and knock, they're not going to receive you. They're not going to have you. There is just not that um, space to contain. Another part of the definition is power of coping. What is your power of coping? You know, power of coping. That's a big one. Uh, receiving knowledge is part of it. The mental capacity, mental ability. And then the last point of this definition would be the actual or potential ability to perform or to withstand. Now, that is part of our capacity. Now, let me just read a couple of questions to you. And to myself, as a self-assessment, remember, we're just thinking about trying to measure our capacity as we haven't got a tool, right? So the question, is, number one, is what can my faith hold, right? So you kind of go, what can my faith hold, you know? Is your faith just about enough to believe for yourself, right? 
Or have you got a faith that can stand with somebody else and believe with somebody else? Now, I'm pointed out Pam and Tony is because those two people will pray for you and they will believe for you. They are believing for themselves. They will believe for the whole family. They've got the capacity to believe for you when you have an issue. Do you have just the capacity to to look after yourself and your family? Or do you have the capacity to get somebody else along? Right? Is... Sorry, do I have the capacity to be unpopular or not to be liked because I live the gospel? Now, some people don't tell the people around them that they're Christians because they've got no capacity to take the criticism, you know. Do I have the capacity to speak the truth? Do I have the capacity to endure, and this is a big one, do I have the capacity to endure emotional pain, right? When it comes to emotional pain, very often people will say it's worse than physical pain. Right? Now, if you're in physical pain this morning, you might not feel this way. Because physical pain can be overpowering. But it's, it's the emotional pain when people turn away from you. Just imagine Jesus' capacity when it came to bearing emotional pain. Especially when he walked that road to the cross. The people who was dying for were spitting in his face. One of his friend's disciples betrayed him. Just imagine the emotional pain. Sometimes we walk into the church, somebody doesn't greet us, and we feel like, oh, my goodness, emotional pain, you know. People struggle with emotions and mental health, right? And the question is this, how can I fit in more? How can I carry more? How can I change more? How can I influence more? How can I believe more? How can I take more? You don't want to be stuck here. You wouldn't be able to contain half of what God has got for you. But you need to do that journey. Now, I can't do that journey for you, and you can't do that journey for me. What I am not talking about Don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about for us to take on more ministry, to take on more jobs around the house of God, to sign up in all of the teams and try to enlarge our capacity that way. No, this is not why I'm talking about. I am talking about something that is within you, something that only God can see. And you sort of have got a feel for where you are. And you can go bigger on that one. Now, let me read to you the definition of enlarging. It's an interesting one. It says, grow large, go beyond, make more room, eh? break out, break through, expand, go further, occupy new territories, no limits, no boundaries. And the last bit of this definition is thinking big. Now, I have met people who think big all the time. Ideas, no end. I want to do this, I want to do that. But they can't see anything through because they, they want to be here. But they're here. When it comes to putting the idea into practice, 
haven't got any capacity. And with time, when you're working with those people, can be your own children sometimes. <laughs> you start to recognize this. When people come to you, oh, let's do this and let's do that. And you go, oh, okay. Because you know. You know, you can see it, can't you? Now, it is very easy for us to imagine to move from a smaller house to a bigger house. It's easy, isn't it? We've, we've lived at the Bible college. We lived in a really small space for many years. So when we moved into the flat, for us, it was like, oh, two bedrooms. We've got two bedrooms now. And now we've just bought a house. And again, whoa, we've got that space. We can imagine that, can't we? But we sometimes really struggle with doing the same thing in the spiritual. Why? Because we see the price tag on this. Now, when you're changing from a smaller property, from a smaller house into a bigger house, there is always that price tag. You've got to pay more rent, or if you're paying a mortgage, you've got to pay more mortgage or interest, more expenses. And you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, that price tag. <laughs> and the same is in the spiritual thing. If you want to travel from a small one into a bigger one, there's going to be a price tag. You better have a look what the price tag is going to be because there's going to be one. It doesn't just happen on its own. <clears throat> Now, there is a fact, and it's an important fact, that there is no shortage in heaven. Did you know that? Right? So, if there is no shortage in heaven, no shortage of promise, no shortage of provision, no shortage of blessing, if there is no shortage in heaven, how can it be that some of us walk around Empty. So there must be a problem on this level somewhere, right? Now, let me read an interesting scripture to you. We will come back to Isaiah, but let me do, go to 2 Kings chapter 4. I know Sam spoke about this um, some time ago. Sam goes, okay. And this story is about the widow and the oil. We're not going to read the whole story, but uh, there's basically a lady who has lost her husband and she's got two sons, and she's full of debts, right? And verse number two says, oh, sorry, verse number one says, um, this is the lady talking, your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that he, re he re revered the Lord. Is that, that correct? Yeah, thank you. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves, as slaves, right? So she's desperate. And then Elisha, I love it. Elisha's got a creative spirit. He goes, look around the house and tell me what you got. And she's got, I've got nothing else but just a little tiny portion of oil. Okay? And Elisha goes, right, let me read it for you. Verse number three. Go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. Okay, so she does exactly that. She pours and pours and pours, and end of verse 6, it's, she says, bring me another one. But the son replied, there is not a jar left. 
And the following sentence is key. It says, then the oil stopped flowing. Okay? Now just take this in. The problem was not the oil. If she would have had another 100 jars, the oil would have kept coming. The heavenly blessing would have kept coming. But because the capacity stopped, the oil stopped. Right? So if you've been asking God for patience, have you got the capacity to handle that blessing, right? As we could go through a long list of things, but the capacity has got to be there if you want to receive more from God. I'm really to disappoint you this morning, but you've got to seek God more if you want a bigger, bigger capacity. It doesn't just come on its own, and it's not going to happen if we are lazy. Laziness is a big one in this one. I'm not saying this to condemn you, you know, I'm speaking to myself as well. But when it comes to enlarging capacity, laziness is a huge one. Okay, now let me just turn, find the next page. If you think in terms of buildings, you know, the, I don't know if you've built a house before, but the foundation, the size of the foundation is going to determine the capacity of the building. If you've got a tiny foundation, and if you'll try to build a five-story building, the foundation is not going to hold it. It's logic, isn't it? But we forget about the spiritual impact of this as well. Sometimes you get somebody who hasn't picked up their Bible for weeks, and they're trying to build this five-story house. And the foundation is not going to hold it. I'm really sorry to say this. Now, let me read to you how Jesus started his ministry. Okay. Um, Luke chapter 4. We're not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read the, the, um, the bit from verse 14. But when Jesus got baptized and officially started his ministry, you know, you would think he would probably get a nice service with flowers and a little certificate to say, Jesus, you're now ready. And a lot of people clapping and cheering on. No, surprise, surprise. I always um, watch the, whenever the Americans inaugurate the new president, I always watch the ceremony, you know, and you get this huge two-hour thing, you know, guests turning up and all very glamorous, right? Now, Jesus didn't have that. The Spirit sent him into the desert instead. Hey, you know, what a glamorous beginning of a ministry. But the result of this was, let me read Luke chapter 4, 14. This is how he came out. It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Right? Now, what happened in those 40 days? We all know he was tempted by the devil. He was fasting. He wasn't drinking or eating anything. It was a tough time. But what it has done to him was to enlarge something that was already big on the inside. That capacity went. And it didn't come from putting your feet up and putting Netflix on. Now, it doesn't come from that. And I'm not against Netflix. We've got Netflix too. We watch it too. But remember what I said about laziness. 
about taking your time. Let me read John 16, 12. Now, this is Jesus speaking to people. It says, I have much more to say to you, more that you can now bear. I read the scriptures for many, many years and never really thought about this. But it's like Jesus is there with a the jug and he wants to pour and pour and pour. But he goes, you know what? I can go only give you this little bit. Because you can't bear it. You can't bear it. You can't bear it. It's sad. But Jesus, I think one of the, I believe one of the first things Jesus saw in people as he looks at your heart, he saw that capacity, didn't he? He knew exactly where you stand. Sometimes I feel, thank God, other people can't see my capacity because I do have moments when I wake up and I think, I can't do this. I'm not worthy. I feel bad. My body hurts. My spirit is not quite with it. I'm discouraged. Now, let me read to you Luke chapter 1. This is again going to the Christmas story. Sorry, I'm anticipating Christmas. I'm excited about Christmas. I don't know about you. But um, I actually went um, into Aldi's yesterday, managed not to buy any Christmas sweets. There you go. (laughs) This is a big challenge. Right. Luke chapter 1. And this speaks about Mary and how she encounters the angel. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I'm going to read from number 30, from verse 30. Oh, sorry, 29. So the angel tells her she's going to, she is a virgin, that is. You know, imagine the capacity there, the limited capacity there. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. He told her that he's going to have a baby and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not, oh, sorry, do not be afraid. I think I might be reading from the, oh, okay, let me just read the whole thing. Um, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never die or will never end. Now, Mary goes, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, and here is the key. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself, how am I going to do this? God is asking me to do this. How am I going to do this? How is, you know, if you're sitting on your chair this morning and you're asking, how am I going to go from this to this and from this to this? How? What is the key? And the key is, The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Do not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Sometimes people enter this church and they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is crucial for your capacity. Absolutely important. Mary had no physical capacity to conceive that baby until 
the Holy Spirit. Oh, I feel like preaching a Christmas message this morning. But you know, the Holy Spirit is going to overcome. Okay? Uh, come over you. Apologies. Now, I know I've mentioned the Holy Spirit and I've mentioned laziness, but it's also pretty much about reading the Word of God. Okay? I know we say this every Sunday. One way or another, you, can, you might be bored of it. But your only way to move up, you've got to consume this, not just read it from time to time. You know, when uh, before um, Billy Graham died, I always say, make that example to my kids. Before Billy Graham died, he had this very last big interview. It's, I think it's available on YouTube, and they've t they've written a book about it, like the last um, words and all that. And he was in his wheelchair, and one of the questions he was asked was, how many times have you read through your Bible? And he goes, you know, he's a weary man. He's hanging, kind of hanging in his wheelchair. And he goes, I don't really know. Because she said, I had always a Bible open on my table. And every time I walked past, I would pick this up, pick it up and read it. Right? That's an interesting thing. That's from somebody who has done amazing things, who has prioritized his Bible reading. You know, I always say, people come into the church and in the outer appearance, they might appear really well fed. We use this word, this is our internal family word, we joke about it. We use the word juicy. You know, when Josh gets that every summer, he puts on a lot of weight because we go to his gr grand, grand, grandmother to Italy. And he would come back and Josh has put on weight. And Sam would go, ooh, juicy. Ooh, look at you. And he would touch him and tickle him. And sometimes people come into this church and you think you're really well fed. Right? But if we had a tool to measure how well fed your internal man or woman is, I think you'd be surprised that some of us are starving on the inside. No joking. Starving. That is another tool we haven't got to measure. What a shame. But I think those tools would be great for a self-assessment sometimes. That's what I want to tell you. I know you've heard this a thousand times, but you need to prioritize the Word of God. And people say, oh, I want to read it on my phone. Well, I don't care. Read it on your phone. I want to struggle. I can't read it. Well, then listen to it. Read it with somebody else. Right? Now, Pam can't see her Bible. So what, should, what does she do? Does that going to stop her from reading her Bible? Nothing's going to stop her. She's got that thing that she puts on top of her glasses, puts a large print on her tablet, and nothing's going to stop her from reading the Bible. Right? There is no excuse. If you've got time to make yourself five cups of tea in a day to look after your physical man, I personally go for coffee, but it doesn't matter. You've got no excuse not to feed your internal man. You don't have to read the whole Bible in a week. But you've got to make sure you feed your spiritual man inside of you. I've spent quite a lot of time just talking about the enlarging the, the space of the tent. Let me just go to the next one. Still in verse number two, it says, stretch your tent curtains wide. Right? Now, I love this. Because 
the Bible does not, does not ask you to, to wait or obtain another resource to be able to enlarge. It just asks you to take you what you already have. You already have a curtain. It just tells you, open it wide. Open it a bit wider. Right? Now, when you open it wide, I always think, if you imagine our house as a tent, and if you would open your stretch, you would kind of bump into your neighbor's space, won't you? We have a, uh, a neighbor, um, is a semi-detached house, so we've got a lady next door to us, right? And I just think, you know, when you are enlarging, why not enlarging and start talking to your neighbors as well, right? When you, it just does the natural implication of enlarging. But yeah, God is asking us to take something that we already have and just stretch it wide. Do not hold back. Now, some Bible translations will say, spare not. Spare not. Do not hold back. When you hold back, that means you're not giving everything. You're not giving everything. It's your choice whether you want to stay regular or large, you know. It is up to us, that question, do you want to go large with your iced coffee? Now, if I ask you, do you want to go large with that capacity of yours? It's up to you. Is it, are you going to hold back? Lengthen your cords. Lengthen your cords. Now, if you want a bigger tent, you will need bigger cords, right? Now, let's always think about our graduation. Now, um, many years later, they do graduation in a proper church building. When we graduated in 2009 from Bible College, graduation was in a huge circus tent. And the day before, we would be there, the students all holding, all building that tent up. And it's taken a whole day to do this. And at one point, you would have all the students standing around the tent, and each one of us had a cord in our hands, right? And when you go from a small cord to a big cord, oh, you can feel it in your muscle. Well, you know, talk to Jip when they were trying to hold that tent down in the wind. Oh, did you feel that in your muscle? And I can tell you that there's a lot of stretching going on within our church at the moment. You know, we are restructuring the kids' work at the moment. Speak to our kids' workers of how much they've been stretching and feeling the stretch in the last six months. Why? Because we've been blessed with more children. We've been blessed with a, a huge range of of, of age as well, and our youth workers, Joe and Jeff, they've got a big age range of young people in their group, and the stretch is there, you know, talk to Christine and Joan and Tina and all, you know, Jane and Mel and Jason, you know, everybody who's, who is doing their kids' work, and we could all feel the stretch, we could all feel, ah, oh, this is a blessing, but this has been, oh gosh, this has been stretching us, and you know, how can we do this? Because there is a capacity on the inside that allows you to go and dig deeper. You don't just throw your towel, but you learn and you pray. And Kirsty has been unwell, but she goes, you know, if you want me, I'll come in. And this is a stretch. 
And it doesn't come from the outside, but it comes from within. We can only build this together in the physical if we enlarge on the spiritual. Otherwise, it's just program. We don't want to be a program-running church. This is not who we want to be. And all those prophecies have been come, some of them come into being already. Some of them we're living now. Some of them we're waiting on. And it's going to require that stretch. But we can do this if we stretch on the inside. If we get on our knees and seek. Now, this is something that um, Eliana, I remember Eliana who was here a couple of weeks ago. Eliana has been, if you, if, you, if you haven't been here two weeks ago, we had the privilege of John and Eliana, the directors of the International Bible Training Institute, to have them here last uh, two weeks ago. And Eliana was my teacher for many, many years. And I can tell you that she's a tough teacher. Oh, is she going to tell you the truth? Because the truth will set you free. And I remember once, I don't know if uh, maybe Samuel and Giuseppe will remember this, but many, many years ago when we were still at the IBTI, Eliana just returned back from a mission trip to Egypt and she ministered to the underground church there. And I remember meeting her in the corridor and she just walked past. She didn't even say hello or anything. She just walked past like this. And I go, Eliana, are you okay? Are you ill? What happened in Egypt? Were you okay? And she, I remember her saying, no, Anna, Anastasia. She calls me by my full name. I said, no, Anastasia, I'm, I'm not well. She said, I'm not well. I, I came back a couple of days ago and I'm just broken on the inside. And so we sat down in her office and she tells me this. I mean, it just broke my heart well but she said that one of their free days in Egypt when everybody went to see the pyramids and all the sightseeing she said she asked because she's heard about this before she asked to go and see it's called the rubbish city on the outskirts of Cairo all right and if you think, what is a rubbish city? It is exactly that. That's where the, the city rubbish is taken outside the city. There is no system or not a good system in place to process the rubbish. So all they do, they dump it, right? And it's a city. It goes miles that way and miles across. And she said, I wanted to see this for myself because I heard so much about this. And she said, Anastasia, she said, when we turned up, I just started crying. Because she said, what I've seen was there were thousands of people, not just living there, having their tents up there, having their families up there. She said, there is even a church out there. People are meeting and praying. And their life is this. They go through those piles of rubbish that are delivered every day. There's toxic fumes and everything. It's all rotting and awful. Children without shoes walking on those piles of trash. And what they are doing is they are looking for something valuable. They're looking for clothing. Obviously, you can't use clothing from rubbish anymore. So she said, Anastasia, you know what they're doing? They're cutting out squares. They're sewing them together. They are making blankets. They are making clothing. None of it is getting wasted. You, plastic is being collected over here. If you find metal, aren't you lucky? You've got to store it over here. And there is a city living out of rubbish. 
And she said, the, the reason why I am so broken, and this stayed with me until now, she said, it's not because of the poverty which breaks your heart, you know, to see people living in those conditions. But what broke me, she said, was the fact that those people have got the capacity to take rubbish and to make valuable things out of this. And when I come back to Europe, when I come back to, to my home, I just think how much capacity are we wasting with all the resources that we have over here. Now that just makes you think, doesn't it? How many cardigans have you got? How many, you know, just think about the resources that you got. Think about the blessing that keeps pouring. What are you going to capture it with? What are you going to use, you know? It is important. Strengthen your stakes. Now, the, uh, one of my last points is the stakes. We've spoken about the cords. But then there's also the stakes. You've got to hammer them into the ground, which speaks of a certain depth. Now, superficiality is not going to work if you want to enlarge. You've got to have a certain depth, right? You need to get that hammer and you need to go deep. After a wind, you need to come outside, check your tent and go, that hammer needs to come out. They need to go deep again because that wind has been too strong. Now, let me tell you, this is the last story for today. Sorry, I'm telling so many stories. But two years ago, we signed up, both of our kids at the same time, we signed them up for swimming lessons, right? That's two years it's been. And in two years' time, Josh has managed to go from level one. Last, last week, he's had his test for level seven. Okay, so it's quite a swimmer, quite an achievement. He's been pushing it really hard. I can't even tell you how many times he asked Sam if he, if he could quit. Dad, please, can I quit? Please, I can't do this. I can't do the 200 swim. It hurts my legs. It hurts my hips. And dad goes, no, Josh, you're not a quitter. You know, so Josh is, oh, here we go again. And then Jane signed up at the same time as Josh two years ago, managed to go, now catch this, from level one to level two. And she loves it. She gets in and her goggles, you should see her in her goggles, they just crack up, they look so funny, bigger than her face. But she loves it. She can't be bothered that she's still in level two after two years. She can't do the backstroke. For some reason, her bum just goes down and the whole body does. But the, I've spoken to the, to the instructor and the instructor said to me, it's not even the backstroke that keeps her in level two. It's the fact that after every, at the end of every swimming lesson, the last five minutes, the instructor is going to go, right, come on, out of, the, out of the level two pool, we are going into the deep pool now. So they all, you can see they're all freezing cold, just shaking. All go and stand in a row in front of the level three pool, which is deep, deep for Jane, for sure. So she's tried it once. She jumped in. She couldn't feel the ground. She couldn't bounce herself up, and she panicked. And, you know, 
she got scared. So since that day, she's been really scared of the depth. How she couldn't just be like Josh to just change and jump and got the depth. She is still, after two years, working out that depth thing. So what she'll do, it will come her turn. So she's all cold, standing there like this. And the instructor knows after two years, and he's gonna, he's encouraging, and he's going to go, you're going to jump today? And she goes, <laughs> like this. So he would then be very encouraging. Don't worry, Jane. Just lower yourself into the pool. So what she'll do, she would sit on the edge of the pool, turn around, lower herself as much as she can. She'll come out and go to the back of the queue. And I love this. She might have not been level seven. She might have not made that yet. But she's working on her depth. Every Thursday afternoon, five o'clock, she's working on that depth. Right? She won't say, I won't do it. She will. She's just not ready to jump yet. But she will be working on that depth. And that's why I'm encouraging you today. If you can't make that jump... That's fine. You're not going to go from that to here or to where Pam and Tony's down there straight away. But you can work on your depth step by step. I'm wrapping up now. And I just want to encourage you, you know, maybe God has got a miracle out there for you, waiting for you. But he's just saying to you, what you have is not quite enough yet to hold it and to contain it. But don't give up. The good thing is that with God, if we are somewhere here, it doesn't mean that we're gonna, we, you're going to get stuck down there. You can always enlarge, and it is up to you. And I just want to go back to verse number one that we read, where it says, Sing, O barren woman. Sing, O childless woman. Which it could have also been something like sing, or shameful woman, because back then, remember, it was shameful. All of those things, sing or insecure woman, right? And this scripture, this prophecy is for a people of Israel who are not anywhere near that bigger tent yet. And still God says, start changing things now. So if that's where you feel this morning, that's okay. That's a good place to be. Because the Bible says, start changing things around today, not tomorrow. You know, every time you put that kettle on to look after your physical body, to refresh yourself with a cup of tea, to remind, of you, remind yourself, have I refreshed myself in the Word of God this morning? Built today for tomorrow. Think ahead. This is where the big thinking starts. The big thinking start does not start when you've arrived at the bigger place. The big thinking starts when you're right at the low end. And I'm going to close with the scripture of First Chronicles chapter 4, 10. I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation, but it doesn't really matter. It is the prayer of Jabez. Now, I don't know if you... If you've got a tiny little book, Tina's going, yes, it's a fantastic book. Um, now, we don't know about, we don't know much about this man. There is only a tiny portion of him in the Bible. 
recorded, and it's a prayer. And this is what he's praying. He cried to the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me and you would keep me from evil so it might not hurt me. And God granted his request. And this this verse, I mean, you could, as I say, there's a book written about this just one verse. But what I want to say is that you can ask God, you can pray that God will enlarge your boundary. And he's going to point out to you the areas of your life that you need to strengthen, that you need to stretch. He's going to point out those curtains to you that need to go wider, a bit wider, a bit wider every day. Those stakes that need to be strengthened. I don't need to tell you what you need to change in your life because the Holy Spirit is going to point those things out for you. But as we close, I don't know if the worship team is up for another song. It's up to you. But um, as we close, I want us to pray today. God, help us to enlarge our capacity, not on the outside. This is not about what other people can see, but something hidden within you that can become big. Why don't we all stand in, in the presence of God? We just heard from Anna. And, uh, you know, be encouraged. It doesn't matter where you are, if you feel that your capacity is big, or your capacity is small. There is also something else that sometimes comes to my mind. Even if your capacity is big, you don't feel like it's big. <laughs> I always feel like my capacity is small. And uh, you, you speak with anybody, you know, we are all in different journey with God. And sometimes we think that I wish I would have the capacity of, of that person. But really, it's like, uh, the thing is, when the capacity, the capacity enlarges, also the, the challenge, like we heard, they become bigger. Uh, and, and then it, you're always like asking God for more. And that's how God brings us in, and into this journey of, of growth in Him. So, you know, be encouraged, whatever you are, to, uh, if you, you know, to, to reach out for more. Allow God to enlarge, you know, your spiritual life. Um, and to, um, you know, and to, and to see, you know, and, uh, you know, a way ahead, a way out. Sometimes we, we feel like we are trapped. We feel like that's it. It's too much for me. And uh, we heard this morning how it's not really about us, but it's about the Holy Spirit who is already living in us. So allow the Holy Spirit to, you know, to take over. You know, also uh, the pastor we read says the you know the power of God will, will gonna, it's going to overshadow you Mary you're going to do it because of me basically not because of of anything else so if you feel overwhelmed if you feel like that's it I reached my capacity I need to increase it allow the spirit of God to do this work in your life just go before God with an open heart and say Lord would you increase my capacity if there is something that you need to do that is in your power of, of, of doing, like maybe, you know, becoming serious with your reading of the Word and prayer, that's in your control. And as you do that, allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest, to take you from one place to another. There is always a bigger basket. There is always a bigger place. There is always a higher place where God wants to bring you. 
Don't be complacent, complacent with, the, with yourself, where you are. There is something more. There is something deeper. There is something bigger. Hallelujah. Dear God, we thank you for your word today, for how you uh, reminded us, first of all, that it's not about us, but it's about you, Holy Spirit, working in us. But as well, you've, you know, you've, you've uh, fueled this desire in us to increase our capacity. Help us not to get complacent where we are, but help us always to stretch out for more, Lord God. Because what you can give to us, to your church, and us as individuals, is, is limitless. And so many times it's us that we run out of space. Lord God, this morning we want to say, have your way in us. We want to say to you, uh, we, want to, that we want to enlarge you know, our capacity to receive more from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If that's your desire, why don't you raise your hand? It says, Lord, would you increase my capacity? Lord, would you increase, you know, what, you know your presence in my life? Would you increase your strength? Would you increase... All the things that I need to, to face my situation, but not just my situation, also too, as we heard, to, to embrace people around us would increase my capacity. You see, freely we want to touch as a church, the town of Brandon, the surrounding village, villages. We need to increase our capacity. And this is not something that is up to me and the elders and those who you know, are involved in the leadership of the church, but it's about each one of us. doesn't matter if you feel yourself, you're in the small cap or in the bigger mag, you know, to reach out to the next level. There is always something more. There is always something bigger, you know, and, and we can extend then the borders and we can, the capacity of the church will start touching other people's life. We don't want to never, we, want to, we don't want to reach that place where we say, okay, that's it. We are full, God, we don't want anything more. No, we want to always be there, like with that space that is a bit empty, ready for God to, be, to fill it with something new. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Forgive us for how many times we put limits to what you can do in us. Forgive us for how many times we, we kind of get stuck and we, we stop searching, we stop, um, you know, reaching out to, uh, to a bigger depth, Lord God. Help us, Holy Spirit, to give you space to work in our life. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because your goodness are renewed every morning. Your blessing are never ending. You've got plans and purposes for our life. And we want to be part of it. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And as we worship God, you know, if you, if you want to, someone to pray for you, either for what you heard this morning or maybe for something else in your life, you would like to, you know, to have the support of someone who is there praying for you, just feel free to come in front here. To express, you know, the desire of your heart. And there will be people praying for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, Lord God. We pray as well for the week ahead, Lord God. 
We pray that you will always be with us, whatever we go, whatever we do, the people that we're going to meet and speak to, Lord God. We pray that we will always be filled with your presence, Holy Spirit. Help us always to never to forget that we are your ambassadors. And as we go through our daily life, that we are called to spread the good news of the gospel, Lord God. So I just want to pray that you will bring uh, possibilities and occasions across our path, Lord God, to speak into the life of people. We thank you again for today, for your presence, for your word, and for your blessing in our life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, amen. Just before you leave... Uh, a reminder, me and Anna, we're not going to be here next Sunday, so you can pray for us. We're going to drive to Germany uh, to see Anna's family. We're going to travel next Sunday. We're going to leave in the morning. Uh, so we're going to be here. I'm going to be here on Wednesday for the Bible course. But then on Sunday, we are going to leave, and we're going to be there for, until next Sat the following day, next Saturday, uh, and be back then um, the Sunday after. So, uh, yeah, just pray for us and uh, for protection and uh, for a good time with, uh, with our family. God bless you.